How many times have you wished your kid came with a manual? When we are unsure as parents, there are so many conflicting opinions that it's overwhelming to know which way is best. Even when we're intentional, situations change, which require us to be flexible and remodel our styles to meet the needs of our families. I created this podcast to share principles and strategies that I have used in counseling and education to help parents prioritize authenticity, connection, and purpose with their kids. Welcome to Remodel Parenting. Welcome back, everyone, as we wrap up The Power of Connection with an episode that I'm calling It's All Skill. If you've listened to this podcast for very long, one of the things that you know is I love a good feet on the ground approach to things that we oftentimes look at or see as more abstract or not really something that is in our control. I love to break it down and put um, words and actions together so that we can build the things that we want to see in our life. When we talk about um, connection as a skill set, um, I always like to bust the myth of connection and empathy and these these things that we oftentimes look at as personality traits or ways that people are or are not and say, these are not traits. These are practices, behaviors, and skill that anyone can build at any time. Anyone can start building them at any age or stage in life. And the minute you start using them, they start working. 100% of the time. And so there aren't a whole lot of things in life that you can even say that about, but connection skills and skills for healthy relationships are that way. It's not something that you have to have been building forever. It's not something that you have to have a specific foundation for. And these skills help across a wide variety of engagements and interactions with others, not just our children and preparing them. It does help us to prepare them for healthy relationships, but the best way that we can prepare them is if we are actively living in healthy relationships. So it matters even if we have healthy relationships with our coworkers or our extended family or our friends or our significant others, our siblings, all of the other grownups that they see in and out of our lives. So if they're not traits, if empathy, connection, building relationships with other people aren't traits, they're not things that you either have or don't have, how do you build them? Well, one, you have to know what you're building. And there are, um, I, I pulled out five really good skills to have to that aid in connection with others. Some of them I've talked about in other episodes, and you can find other episodes in this podcast that go more in depth on some of these. But I'm going to take them and I'm going to route them all around connection this time and help broaden our understanding of them in that direction. The first skill that is absolutely 100% vital for connection is self-awareness. That typically throws people off when I say it, because when you think about connecting, most people immediately go to the other person and they say, well, no, to connect, you have to be able to see someone else. You have to be able to do something for someone else. That's actually not true. To connect or to invite connection, you have to be able to let someone else know you. For a lot of people, that's even harder than being willing to get to know someone else. Self-awareness is knowledge about who we are, knowledge about what we like or don't like, how we do things, what we feel, how we see the world. And it's not just for the focus of doing stuff with it. It's about just being present with ourselves and allowing someone else to be present in that space with us. Self-awareness or insight into our own experience 
gives us the ability to disclose things to other people. Well, that sounds like kind of a, okay, well, duh, that makes sense. But when we teach, um, when I'm teaching family science classes, like marriage and family classes, I used to teach a marriage and family class uh, to undergraduates for a really long time. And when I would teach them about intimacy and closeness, we would talk about it in terms, intimacy is specifically defined as deep closeness to another person. And when you want to create a deeper connection with another person, then what you do, the, the steps to that include a lot of self-disclosure. It's pulling things out of you and giving them to the other person so that they can know things about you. And the more that people self-disclose, the closer they become. Well, this is not something that just happens or doesn't happen, that you choose to, I mean, you can choose to do it or not do it. We think of it as something that happens in passing, that maybe if I connect with someone or I like someone or I'm kind of vibing with someone that I'll share some things about myself. But the truth is, it's a lot more intentional than what we give ourselves credit for. And a lot of times, people are more disconnected from others because they don't know themselves well enough to share things with others. They don't know enough about themselves to give that information to other people. And it can put a block on deepening relationships uh, with others. That includes with our own kids and our significant others, our spouses, um, other relationships, people who are important in our lives and other adults, if we can't clearly articulate what's going on inside of us, we can't ask them to connect to it. And if we don't give them something to connect to, they can't connect to us. So connection starts not necessarily with trying to reach out and connect with someone else. That's important. But it really starts with opening the connection lines, being willing to let someone else connect to us. The second skill is empathy or even a broader spectrum term, attuning or attunement, being able to tap into what's going on with another person beyond just what you see or just what they're saying. Um, empathy, I always like to define empathy. It's not the same thing as sympathy. People sometimes think they're interchangeable. Sympathy is feeling the same things that other people feel. It's where our, our all of our feels and our emotions get really involved and that's great at times and a lot of times we just need somebody in our corner to feel our feels and tell us that, you know, that they understand. Empathy is different, though, and we need much more empathy than we need sympathy. And empathy is the ability. It's a skill. It's not a feeling. It's the ability to actually not get too much in our own feels and to take on the feelings of someone else so that we can let someone else own fully their experience. But we can step into it and understand it from their perspective. And we take the time to think about how it would feel to be in that situation and to really connect to it. And that we can allow them the space to be where they are, oftentimes in a difficult time, without needing it to be better or needing to fix it. Empathy doesn't say, well, you know what, look on the bright side. At least you don't have all of this going on. Or, you know what, cheer up. It's going to be just fine. Those types of things send messages to others that say, listen, I don't have the bandwidth to care about what you're going through. You just need to be okay so that I can be okay. Empathy says that is really tough and I wish there was something that I could do to make it better, but I realize that there's not. So just know that I'm here and if I can just listen or if there's something practically that you need that I could meet, I want you to tell me and it's okay that this is where we are right now. That's real empathy. It's not needing to control the situation to make it better. 
but it's the intentional willingness to stop and connect to what's going on and be okay with someone else in that. Attunement is a bit of a broader skill where we connect to what's happening in the moment and we tap into not just what someone's telling us, but to their nonverbals, to their emotions, and especially with attunement and even empathy that we speak emotional language to one another. That when we hear someone say that they're struggling, we don't rush to try and fix it. We meet emotion with emotion. That's required in really good connected relationships. Now, when we think about with our kids, we are so wired to fix our kids' problems. When they're babies, that's how it starts, right? They signal and we fix their issues, and, uh, and that's the cycle that happens. But as, especially as kids get older, they don't really need us to fix their problems as much as they just need to know that we're with them in it. And so we have to start adjusting that, too, and being able to say, mm, that's a really big feel, and it's really difficult, and sometimes that's a hard thing to walk through, but I'm here for you. Tell me if there's something I can do. The third skill is listening for connection, not for content. Some of these spill over a little bit into each other. You'll notice that this connects to attunement and listening for those emotions, listening for um, those words and signals of what's going on underneath the surface and intentionally considering how the other person is doing and how they're experiencing it, not just what they're telling us. Um, we engage beyond just one or two word answers or just checking off the box of, okay, I get the content of what's going on, but we listen to learn something about the other person. We listen to store something about the other person that gives us the ability to connect now and maybe even later. Um, Everly and I were talking this summer. We were, um, we were discussing, she was telling me about feeling kind of disconnected from some things and it's my daughter. She's 11 and she, we play a game, we've played a game at dinner, gosh, probably four or five, six times a week um, since they were little, since they were three and five. And we call it Sunshine Rain Cloud, and we still call it Sunshine Rain Cloud. But it was a, a game that I picked up and started playing when I was reading about how to teach your kids emotional language. And so we started playing Sunshine Rain Cloud so that everyone would get used to talking about things that are up and things that are down in the day and get used to sharing both of those things and sharing about their feelings about it. So you might say, well, my sunshine today was this thing that happened at school and my rain cloud was this. And we always say it's something, it was a bright spot and a gloomy spot in our day. So it doesn't have to be the most dramatic thing. It doesn't have to even be the greatest or worst part of our day. Just sharing something that we'd like other people to know about us. So this summer, um, you know, at every developmental stage that the kids hit, we reroute some things, but Everly was talking about something and we were talking about feeling disconnected and um, we brought up, we ended up on Sunshine Rain Cloud and I, I asked her, I said, why do you think, you know, why do you think we play that at dinner? And she was like, I don't know, we just always have. And so I started explaining to her the idea behind it and I said, you know, the whole purpose, think about what you're learning about other people in that, that space. We're not just hearing what other people are saying about their days but as we've all grown and age we're talking about things that are important to us we're learning important things about one another what changes our tone and our mood in good and negative ways what helps build us up what pulls us back and we can take that in and store it so that we can connect to each other then and later and she was sitting in the front seat across from me I was driving and she just sat silent for a minute and I said uh what are, you, what are you thinking? You got really quiet. She goes, I think I've been doing it wrong all these years. 
And I had to laugh and I we we got a good laugh over it together, but I explained to her, listen, you know, you only have the capacity to go as deep as you know to go. You just know a different level now. This is the time to activate that and go deeper. You haven't been missing out on it, but you have a new level that you can connect and you want that. So so chase after that and look for that. Um with listening for connection and not content. The most important time to do this for connection is listening when it's hard. When uh, when our kids are pushing back, when um, we're in arguments or frustrating situations with our spouse or our significant other, when we are frustrated and feeling disconnected or alone ourselves, putting ourselves in a place to say, I'm going to try and listen for where I can connect, not just try to listen for where I can say something back and push back on whatever you're saying. And I'm not spending my time trying to think of the next thing I'm going to say. I'm actually going to pause. Because if we don't have time to listen, then we don't really have time for anything at this point. The fourth skill is integration. Integration is something that comes up quite a bit, not just in this podcast, but I think in life. Um, integration is the ability to balance the positives and negatives in life. It's... Um, goes along with our ability to what we call metabolize negative realities, meaning that negative things can happen. We can take them in, we can do something with them and, you know, kind of break them down and let them, um, let them move out as well, just like they move in and they don't just stick and stay. But it's not just being able to metabolize negative realities as they come. It's recognizing that no matter if life or situations feel more good or more bad right now, that the other feelings are possible within that as well. So it may be that life is doing really well and we like for things to be going well. And if something negative happens, like if one of our kids is struggling or something throws, you know, somebody throws a wrench in a plan or something happens and one of our people are struggling over it, that we don't rush to get rid of the negative so that we maintain the positive, that a negative moment or negative reality in a positive day doesn't ruin everything. We can pay attention to what's negative and address it and metabolize it and let it go and move back into positive feelings that we can navigate between those well. Um, in the opposite way, another um, good example would be like in times of grief where we've lost someone who we love desperately. We miss them very much. Some For some people it can feel like it is, um, it's not right to be able to have moments of laughter and fun and especially not excitement um, in the, the wake of the loss of someone else who we love. But being able to have moments, whether it's, you know, great memories and moments of the people that we lost and love or of new things and still be able to live fully and understanding our grief process. It's the ability to, again, navigate between those two and it not force us into one or the other, that one doesn't challenge the other and completely push it away and that we're not forcing the hand on staying in one place or the other. That is a practice and it is definitely an internal kind of character space too it takes a lot of internal strength to be able to balance in that space and it can feel overwhelming for some of us if we don't have a lot of practice with it so teaching our kids to practice it as well is really hard because I don't know about you but sometimes kids are really dramatic 
And it can be difficult to kind of rein them in if life is not going how they want it to go and they're freaking out about it. Or if, um, especially if our kids are those that really don't want to dwell on the negatives, they just want to move past negative situations and not really talk about it, just, you know, maybe even say they're sorry and move on so that they don't have to deal with that negative reality, but helping them slow down in either place and really connect to what's going on and healthily move from one to the other or move between emotions, we can guide some of that and help our kids practically as well. The last skill for connection is actually boundaries. And sometimes that surprises people because we say the word boundaries, most often we think of a wall put up to keep other people out. The healthy boundaries aren't that at all. Um, healthy boundaries are not walls that push other people away, but it's a really good fence or clear line between people so that we can be as close as possible and know what the line is between us. Um, there's a big issue when we don't use good boundaries. When we are over-involved in other people's stuff, or when we allow people to be over-involved in ours, um, things can get really messy and it can damage connection. Sometimes that looks like things in our kids' lives, like getting over-involved in their goals. Our kid says they want to do something or they want to achieve something and we kind of rush in and take over to make it happen and make it happen right. And in the process, we end up either bulldozing them or pushing them out of the way to make what they want happen. And in that process of not maintaining boundaries and letting our kids build their goals themselves and do that, not only do we rob them of the ability to reach their goals themselves, maybe they still get the benefits from it, but they didn't reach it themselves. But we also really damage the connection with our kids and they feel pushed around and like they're not really sure if they can do things on their own or, you know, or meet their own um, ideas, set goals and reach them. And so we have to be careful with that because having appropriate boundaries is part of what gives us the space to have really good connection. In practicing it, a lot of times it's saying no. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, healthy boundaries for connection means being able to say no. It's the, it's the freedom to say no because without the ability to say no, you can't get an authentic or real yes. If people aren't free to say no without being punished, no one can say yes freely and you don't get the best of connection with other people. So boundaries help with keeping manipulation out, with keeping, you know, over influencing out and being able to set and guide boundaries so we can practice it with our kids. We can practice good boundaries and say things like, listen, I'm really upset right now and I can't keep talking about this. So I'm going to take a break and I'll let you know when I'm ready to talk again. That would just be a good practical way of practicing it and modeling for our kids what it looks like to practice good boundaries. Now, when we teach our kids to practice those two, it's giving them permission to maybe do the same thing. Listen, you can always take a break from hard conversations if you need to recharge, but the boundary on that from the parent is, but we're not going to do anything else until we come back to the conversation and finish. So if you want to go take a break, go sit, do some breathing, do some, you know, resting, calm down and then come back, and then we can move on and allowing them those boundaries also. Connections are absolutely vital to healthy relationships, and these skills help foster those. And if we can teach our kids these types of skills early on, it primes them for using these skills in future relationships, and they begin to have healthy relationships earlier because their expectations for what those relationships look like are stronger and clearer. So just like I've given in the other episodes, um, I encourage you to take an action step this week. 
Choose one of the skills, insight, empathy, insider self-awareness, empathy, listening for connection, integration, boundaries for connection, and create a measurable goal for practice. Decide one thing that you want to do that you can gauge and say at the end of the week, did I accomplish that goal? Did I try that? Um, And see where it takes you. See how it works for you. I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode and this series on the power of connection. If this has helped you, share this series with someone else who it may help as well. Follow us online, um, like us online, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you have time, go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating, leave us a message, and um, let us know what you think about it. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Remodel Parenting. If this has been helpful for you, share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss our weekly episodes. You can visit theremodelproject.com to sign up for our email list and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.